1: Hello everybody and welcome back to the second season of Breaching Extinction. I'm so excited to be here. So excited for all the fun conversations that we're going to have. Probably some not so fun conversations, but definitely informative. We are ready to grow. We are ready to help these whales and these salmon. Um, so going into the second season obviously we've got a couple changes so you guys may have noticed that little jingle at the beginning my good friend Amber Wilkerson wrote that and I'm super excited about it thought it would be fun to um, kind of take our intro to the next level so I hope you guys enjoyed that Also, you guys may have seen on our social media that we did just start a partnership with Blackfin Coffee. So that's going to be the focus of this week's episode, which I'm super excited about. Um, They are a really awesome company, and I won't give too much away because we're going to talk about that here in just a second. But also, for the second season, I'm going to start doing a new segment of um, we're going to call it Whale of the Week, so I want to highlight one of the southern residents um, every single episode and talk about them, their story, their matriline etc. so I will probably pick the favorite whale of the person that I'm interviewing, but I'm also open to requests as well, because some people don't have a favorite whale, or I'm sure people are going to have the same favorite whales. So you guys are welcome to send me those. Um, Also, I did just update our Patreon, so if you guys are interested in joining that, that's just another way that you can support this podcast. I do have five tier options our l pod option which is the five dollar one um that one you'll get a breaching extinction sticker and then exclusive content that we post on our patreon our k pod is the ten dollar tier that one you will get a sticker as well as access to our episodes one day early so um and also you get the chance to interact with me one-on-one over Patreon. So if you're interested, check that out. And then our last tier is our J-Pod tier, and that one's $25. You'll get a t-shirt and a bag of coffee from Blackfin, as well as the other benefits that are offered in the lower tiers as well. So if you guys are interested, check that out. Um, Definitely appreciate it. But yeah, let's get started with our Whale of the Week. So for this week's Whale of the Week, we're going to be Highlighting two whales because we have two guests. So Nicole's favorite whale is Granny. So that's who we're going to highlight first. Granny is the longest living killer whale that we know of. So potentially if there were other whales that lived longer, they may have been born before research happened. And so we don't know that. But Granny is a part of J-Pod. She's J-2. She lived between estimated 1911 to 2017 killer world research didn't really start until the 60s so we don't know that for sure but that is our best scientific guest um she had lots of babies she had two babies um and they went on to have even more babies but she was the head of jk and l pod in her day The other whale that we're going to be highlighting this week is Mike. So he is J-26. He is the first offspring of Slick, who is J-16. Mike was born in 1991. He is the bull male for that group. So what we know about orcas is these guys hang out in matriarchal groups. So it'll be mom and babies for the duration of their life until the females reach a reproductive age and they will go off and have their own pods as well. But he is the male for that pod. He technically um, did have four other siblings, two of which um, are deceased. So currently he is related to Alki as well as Echo. So those are his two siblings. He's a very popular whale. Um, he's definitely one of the more well-known whales. His name is Mike. He was named after Canadian scientist, Michael Biggs, who basically is the father of killer whale research. Uh, the information that I got on these whales uh, was from the Center for Whale Research, the Whale Museum, and was also from CSNBC's JPod Family Tree. So if you guys are interested in finding out more information, check out those resources. But we will get started with our episode. This week, we have Nicole and Brian Jenkins with us um, with, from Blackfin Coffee, and they're going to be sponsoring this entire second season. So um, to say thanks for doing that, um, they're going to be on our first episode, kind of setting the tone for it. Um, so awesome, do you guys want to tell me a little bit about yourselves and kind of your background, how you came to start Blackfin? Yeah,
0: um,
2: so I'm Nicole Jenkins, and obviously you know Brian, mm-hmm. um, but uh, this all started mostly because of me. Um, I love orcas, and I decided to in, I think it was like 6th grade, that I was going to be a marine biologist.
0: Um,
2: we... Sad to say now, but like um, my parents took me to SeaWorld in Ohio of all places when mm-hmm. um, I was in sixth grade. And I just like, I saw an orca and I was like, that's it. I want to, what do I do? Like, how do I work with them? Um, and so we went up after the show to talk to the trainer that was working that day. And she's like, oh, you have to study marine biology. I'm like, perfect, that's what I'm going to do. So that's that was my whole plan. Um, so I actually came out to Washington um, to study at Seattle Pacific University for marine biology. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the recruiter that came to one of the um, college fairs that I went to, was just like, oh yeah, the orcas went by here all the time and was like, alright, that's where I'm going. <laughs> um, so I came out here to school and then got into it and just decided that science wasn't really for me, but I still loved orcas. So. Uh, That kind of just turned into how can I be around them and be involved, um, even if I'm not doing marine biology. Um, So left school, moved back home to New Hampshire. The quick version is we got married and lived in Virginia for like seven years and then moved here to Washington because I always wanted to come back, Um, and ever since we've been here, it's basically been my mission to see as many orcas as possible.
1: I like that mission. <laughs> so. I think that's good. Um, have you seen a lot of orcas then? How is that mission going?
2: <laughs> it's going pretty well, actually. I think I got to see them like two or three times the first year. We got here in September, so I think that year I got to see them like once or twice. Um, and then I think every year since then I've at least seen them three or four times.
3: Um just solely
1: land based well watch I don't want to
3: watch yet, so nice. As much as we'd like to.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> um and the cool part is that story kinda of began the story of us actually moving to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in all of my stubbornness, I promised I just vowed about it, like I'm never gonna move to Seattle ever. It's cold, and right, cold. <laughs> rainy and dark and just too grungy and stuff like that. And uh, and so I just as the story goes, life happens, and sometimes it's just best to hit the reset button and go from there. And so that's what we did. We moved to Seattle. Finally, I made a decision. All right, it's good enough. Let's go. There's a whole lot of more details to that than really. We're just kind of doing the fast version. But that's when I fell in love with coffee mm-hmm. and I began to really appreciate all of the different artisan coffee roasters. In Seattle and then I began to sort of bump elbows with other coffee companies and uh, long story short um, I was sort of just looking for a side hustle and uh, wanted to sell a a coffee label that was just a super small indie label and uh, to help them get some traction just to see honestly if I could make a little extra money help them get a little bit more success and and then one of the business partners in it said, "Hey man, just like you know, I'm actually gonna not be a part of this business anymore. You should just roast your own coffee." And I was like, eh, "I don't, I don't know. I don't really want to roast coffee in Seattle. It's just so competitive." Right. And, and so, long story short, uh, came back around about a month later. Nicole originally wanted to roast the coffee and i was like okay well that's good enough for me then let's go ahead and get it started and so she actually came up with the name black finn coffee and it was your typical like entrepreneur story we had like a whiteboard or a piece of paper or something and we're just like penciling stuff out and we like drew up the logo by hand and then kind of pulled it together later and all of that but that's where it all began for us um in 2018 and uh then, you know, the rest, the rest follows, you know, the story begins, right?
0: Right.
1: And what made you choose like Blackfin as the name and like, you know, have orcas being your theme?
2: So that was really all my idea. I was literally sitting at the table. I had a notebook in front of me and I was just writing down all the possible names I could think of for a coffee company. And like, it's gonna be cool. It's gonna kind of be something that represents. To me, it was like, it needs to be PNW, like, cause that's where we are. Mm-hmm. And like, so people get like drawn to like a name they can associate with a place. And I was just sitting at the table and I was looking around, like trying to find inspiration in our house. Mm-hmm. And I had actually made these Whale carvings in college um, in one of my art classes, and they were up on a shelf in like the other room, but I could see them through the doorway. And like, it needs to be something with orcas. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I've been trying to write down everything I could think of that would sound like a name that you could put with a company. (laughs) Um, And I just happened upon Blackfin, and then he's like, Hey, what if we made like the fin part of the name and like replace the L with the fin? And so, that's kind of how that all happened
1: nice um and i talked a little bit with brian like before we had this phone call about like kind of the values of the company because obviously like you know when i'm partnering with anybody i want to make sure that our values align and i like resonated with a lot of the things that you had said so can you kind of tell some of our listeners what the values of your company are
3: yeah so every company should have uh, a set of core values written down and attach some real meaning to it that comes from a real place. And so that's something that I knew that I needed to do right away. Um, and there's this book written by Simon Sinek. I don't remember the name of it, but it's, there's actually this psychology to this. And you know, the first and top value is literally that company's most important value. So our top value is kindness. And at the end of the day, um, everything that we do as a company has to inspire some kind of, you know, genuine kindness between the relationship of whomever we're interacting with. I don't, I don't care. Like if it's just a person that I'm, you know, driving from point A to point B, mm-hmm. if it has anything to do with life and coffee, it has to be kindness. And I mean that from uh just a relational intera- interaction to even just our interactions with um in specific these whales mm-hmm. we need to, bind to the whales um and for me on a more broad sense globally um just our environment that we have to live in like we don't have a choice we have to live in this environment and mm-hmm. so it makes sense to be kind to one another with every single component in between And uh, our second core value is conservation. So sort of stemming out of that kindness is like, well, how do you intend to be kind? Well, we need to work towards sustainable practices as a business. Mm -hmm. And something that I care deeply about is businesses doing things in a sustainable way. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason why multi-billion dollar companies don't do that is just because it costs literally billions of dollars to reinvent their infrastructure. And so for us, it made a whole lot of sense as a a startup Mm -hmm. to just begin right, you know? And then the little bits that we can't get right, you know, immediately, we can adapt and change as we go. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know, and so some things are gonna need to change over time. Mm -hmm. And so conservation is a big deal. Number one priority for me um, is reducing waste and it's something that's important because you know these bags that we have are almost completely compostable Mm -hmm. not compostable legally you know legal standings right but if they went into the ground they wouldn't destroy our planet and so um we know that the oceans are just completely destroyed with pollution And that's one thing that we wanted to uh, minimize, as well as our carbon footprint. So with time, we'll figure out how to be more carbon negative. And then thirdly, excellence. One of the most important things for me, um, just coming from a business standpoint, is customer satisfaction. We talked about kindness, right? But one thing that satisfies the customer is to give them a really great product. And Mm -hmm. so, Um, And not just a great product, but also great service that comes along with it. And So one, kindness, two, conservation, three, excellence. And that's what we're striving for. Everything that we do as a business has to fit within one of those three. Nice.
1: Yeah, I really like that. I think it's very important to incorporate the first two. And I kind of like that that goes above excellence. But I think those two are encompassed within excellence as well. Um, but yeah, that's really important. And I know for the Southern residents, like the three main things that they're fighting is the lack of prey, um, the vessel noise, and then the pollution. So having compostable bags definitely, you know, directly impacts them in that way as well, which is awesome. Um, why do you think it's important to bring kindness into entrepreneurship and to bring these values into the business world?
3: Because business, at least here in the West and because business is being emulated all around on the world in the same way mm-hmm. um, is just not kind towards people in specific for me I have a very just viscerally um, raw emotion about uh, being kind because I wasn't when I was working for somebody they weren't always kind to me I always felt as if the dollar was more important than the human Mm -hmm. And so, for me, kindness has to extend to one another as a priority. Um, One of the things that I'm aiming to do, and this is actually published on my website, um, is to create a true income equality. And when I say true income equality, I'm hoping to have a business where every employee in the business makes the same amount of money as the owner.
1: That's amazing. (laughs)
3: Yeah, and so that's real income equality. You know, you hear it in the media, and we talk about it, and it gets argued about a lot. For me, I just hope to level the playing field and say, look, if people are going to be equal amongst one another, it has to truly equal one another. And while I will always strive to be the owner of that company, there are co-ops and stuff that are doing something like this. But uh, while I'll strive to be the owner of the company, I do want people to feel that their value is as equal as mine and that my priority uh, of a business owner or an entrepreneur is never going to make them uh, minimalize a person. And so that's something that is most important for me. I think that's the number one reason why kindness is at the top for us.
1: Absolutely. That's truly amazing. Ellie and I have talked a lot about, like, you know, income and the role that that plays in the marine science field. And obviously, it plays a role in every field in, you know, making opportunities possible. And I'm sure on your marine science journey, you probably learned that it's expensive to become a marine scientist. Um, And we had even talked about that, too. We have, like, a pipe dream of starting, like, a research facility up in Washington and having equal pay and, like, no titles and things like that. But one of the themes we've seen with the Southern residents is that, like... There are bigger things that aren't directly, you know, that you wouldn't directly associate with the whales, such as money and ego, that are the very things that are impacting them most. So I think that that's really powerful. And I hope that you guys get to a point where you can do that, because um, that is such a huge problem. Um, what was your motivation behind that? Like, you know, the income inequality? Cause, and I, like, this might sound kind of weird, but like, I mean... You're like a white dude, like, you know, that appears to be middle class. So like, you know, in our heads, we have different stereotypes. And obviously, I know you can never assume anything about anyone just by looking at them. But like, you're not the person that I would expect to say that, you know.
3: Um, so, I mean, yeah, I'm just a very probably below average dude. And, <laughs> and, and the fact of the matter is, is why I care about it is, um, you know, we've been We've been in the, like a come from those low places,
0: mm-hmm. you
3: know, and when you have to spend time there, you do whatever you can, not only to not spend time there yourself, but to try and help other people out of it. For me personally, um, I just hope to bring the kind of kindness into the world that I always hoped for, you know? Mm-hmm. And so for me, y- you know, your money is you got to put your money where your mouth is. Right. And so I, If I literally say I want to do this, well Mm -hmm. then, now I'm on the hook for it, right? Now I'm able to it. And why it matters so much to me is because I do have friends in low places or, or I have friends who are considered lesser than others, whether it be because of their gender or whether it be because of their race or their sexual identity, you know, that's not what defines a person as a person 100%. and so if we're going to as a people do something about it it takes somebody just being bold enough mm-hmm. to say like, you know i don't really want the ego um it's funny that you said that word because everybody has an ego you know it's just true but is your ego more important than the thing that you claim to care about the most And then some people's egos get wrapped up in the thing that they care about the most. And then that's their ego, which becomes more important than anything else. So for me, I try to hold my ego in check by establishing things that are sort of going to hurt a little bit. It's Mm -hmm. sort of going to take effort and sweat and blood equity for me to actually accomplish it. Um, And I don't know, it's just something about my, person who I am. Yeah. That willing to do that. Um, but I just think that, you know, everything, I just, I'm a man that really cares about truth and honesty. And, you know, we, as, as humanity tends to talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so let's just stop talking. Let's just do, um, yeah. and, and for us with black fan coffee, that's how we're going to operate. We're just going to do it. You know, it's, it's not, it really is easy so i i appreciate the long game that comes along with trying to accomplish it
1: 100 percent, and i think you've like hit the nail on the head with like a lot of things i don't know how much of the podcast you've listened to but a lot of the themes regarding the southern residents and the things that we come into but you're right nothing that's worth it is easy and like you know that's awesome that you're willing to check your ego and I think we need more of that you know more self-healing and then like making the world a better place be the change you want to be in the world because it's easy to get pulled down and be like hey you know the world's literally on fire we're in a pandemic there's racism sexism classism etc I mean that's amazing that you're just like I'm just gonna do what I'm gonna do and make it better because that's where it starts you know um is with us we can't expect people to do things we're not willing to do and Um, so that's really awesome. Um, so what role kind of has that played in your like journey with the orcas and like the Southern residents in particular?
3: Well, uh, we decided to not only try and champion orcas Mm -hmm. as a part of our brand identity, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but, but Part of that was uh, trying to make relationships with other companies. And one of them is PNW Protectors. Um, and honestly, it kind of happened something like this. And every entrepreneur's story goes something like this. We're sitting here in like April, which is about a month into the pandemic, wondering mm-hmm. how the heck are we going to grow our business? Because we were doing other things with it before that we just can't do anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think Nicole and I were both just like, you know, we need to just reach out to a few people, um, that we know are making a big impact on Instagram. So, for me, that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. She knew. Um, and so, so I reached out to PNW protectors and said, Hey, can we make a label for you? And they said, yeah, I was actually going to reach out to you. And I was like, well, that's really cool. <laughs> I, uh, all right. Well, let's, let's figure out a coffee thing. And I, and, and Nicole took their art. I don't know yeah, it's if like your
0: people, that. she's
1: if you amazing. Viewers, yes.
3: That's this so beautiful. Label. And she took three of the different paintings that she had, put them on the label. I said, we should emulate their core values, which is to protect, restore and power. Mm-hmm. And those are the different copy blends for them. And then we're going to be super selfless about it and just give the proceeds to them, um, so that they can keep doing what they're doing. All that Nicole sort of elaborate on that.
2: Yeah, we were like when we first started and like came up with our mission statement and everything for our company. We we're like we're going to give back because um, like we care about the ocean and the the whales and the salmon and all that and. So like okay, so what are we gonna like? We're gonna do one percent for the planet? Are we gonna? I would, I, my, it was my idea to donate to local causes like mm-hmm. stuff back here in P N W that are on the ground, like boots on the ground. Um, and I knew of the P N W protectors through Instagram because I followed Snow for her artwork and everything. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Um. And then that kind of segued when they started the PNW protectors, so I just immediately jumped on that kind of thing, and I'm like, okay, so, like, we need to do something with it. Mm-hmm. So, I think I threw out a couple things, because um, there's, like, Orca Network, and they are part of, like, the Langley Oil Museum, mm. which is there to educate, and the marine mammal strandings, and all that stuff. So, there's, like, a bunch of different things, so I'm just kind of, like, throwing ideas, and... He just happened to reach out to the P&W protectors on that one, and that just caught from there, and we just went with
1: it, so. That's awesome.
3: Like, you know, we don't really like coffee. We're tea drinkers, but uh, as long as it's organic, you know, it's cool with us. I'm like, all right, cool.
1: Nice. That's
0: awesome. You know, we do have tea now. tea
1: that's even better. We love it. Um, nice. Yeah. That's kind of like, it's funny that they, you said they were going to reach out to you guys. Cause it seems like you guys have similar core values and like kind of the same energy. So that's really awesome. Um, so what made you pick them? Was it like kind of the fact that they had those core values or is it like, you know, that their love for the orcas, like what made them stand out?
2: Um, I think the biggest thing was just how much, um, like, every day, like, they put out, like, just simple actions that you can take, mm. um, for people, like, calling the governor, um, calling the U.S. Or, or whatever it is, like, they put out the numbers every day, reminding people to call, be like, hey, we really need to get our voices out there, and I think, for me, the, the biggest, um, like, reason to want to support them, um, was just because they're getting so much, like, notice from people I think. Mm-hmm. And like they had this whole little campaign for a while where they're like, send us like your videos of you calling in like actual phone calls to the governor, like telling him to breach the dams. Mm-hmm. And I mean they people from around the world, which to me is just amazing that they're able to like reach that many people. Um and so yeah, I think that is the biggest thing is they're just Simplifying it down for people like people who don't even know what's going on with the orcas, but maybe they heard the story um, Of the mom pushing her calf around Mm -hmm. like because that became such a big news story People are just like oh, what's that all about Mm -hmm. and then find their way um, To these guys and they're just like hey, this is what you can do to help and I think that's the biggest thing like when I go whale watching and I'm talking to people, and like, just people walking by on the street, because usually we end up as a group of people watching on the short, mm-hmm. um congregate in one spot, and people are just walking by like, oh, what are you looking at? Because they see us all with our binoculars, mm-hmm. like, being super and stuff, and so I try to, like, pull in people. I'm just like, we're well, looking at Orcas, Do you want to borrow some binoculars? Like, you know, and then just, like, we just launch into, like, oh yeah, we're watching whatever pod go by and, you know, Just educating people because like they don't even know and um so yeah I think for us that was the biggest thing is like they're just giving people simple steps simple actions like they're there in it every day like next to the in the water near the water doing something conservation wise so
3: yeah and I would sort of just piggyback off of that and say you know they're very action oriented Mm -hmm. um and for me that's that just always catches my attention for sure um People who are doing mm-hmm. something, not just talking, I want to support those if what
0: their cause is something that aligns with something that's very just deep and, and valuable for me. Mm-hmm.
3: And so, naturally, because I love my wife so much, I love whales too. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I'm turning so, into an architect. And arc of so, Amazing.
3: You know, I think what inspired me more than anything is the community.
1: Oh, people. yeah.
3: The the people who are sort of a little weird, but not so crazy that you can't hang out with them, uh, and they just care about something literally bigger than themselves. Um, that's what inspired me. You know, the the community, the 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 effort to sort of bond or bind together. Um, you know, here in Seattle, there are protests for literally anything you name it. Yeah, a couple of years ago, people were protesting about cups because of Starbucks. Right. And, and it's just like, okay, you know, take your cause, right? And mm-hmm. for us, it's a matter of how can we make an impact about something that we care about first. And secondly, um, because we can't go, you know, um, demonstrating on the streets with, with every single cause, um, how can we support people who are willing and able and capable of doing that? And so for for this, what I love and then I began to learn more was the environmental impact is so much greater than mm-hmm. just the headline news in 2018 about a, a dead baby orca, right. right? It was so much deeper than that. And once you sort of start to scratch the surface, you begin to really care about the problem that they're facing and you begin to really understand that there's way more at stake than just that. This is now a much more uh, an environmental issue that can literally impact our entire region. Right. Uh, and so it becomes so much more important. Um, for us, you know, it just was so easy to engage with the community because they're already in love with one another and in love with the cause.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was one of the things that I found remarkable about these animals as well. You know, I went to school for environmental studies, have worked with a variety of endangered species, but like there is, there's no community like the Southern resident community. Like whale people are, you're right, very special group, very weird group. We love them. Um, I am one of them, obviously, like, you know, the, the, the bunch of whale weirdos. But yeah, I mean, it like they're like definitely very passionate people and like i love like what you said about like snow inside at W protectors is like like they're constant motivators you know um and like like i'll see their posts and i'll be like okay all right that's right we got to do an email or a phone call or something like that and like i like love what you said too about like action as well because there's so much talk and like not a lot of follow-through sometimes and like you know, that's definitely an organization that shows up for the whales and they show up daily. Like, I don't, I don't know if they take days off from the whales. Like, it's kind of hard. Once you're like into the whale thing, you can't, like your brain never shuts off, you know?
3: But... Yeah, it's so true. Like, it's, they don't, I don't think they take time off from it. <laughs> A vacation would probably be like visiting one of the other San Juan Islands and you know, swimming there or something. Something, yes. <laughs> I love that about them they're literally you know eat drink sleep uh this cause and it's not about their obsession you know it's about their like you said they motivate people Mm -hmm. Uh, and i've never really been in love with being a front man in that way Mm -hmm. and nicole not she's not like that either and uh and so for us we really enjoy sort of getting behind and pushing the, the people who are building that momentum and they are, they are the the front man and woman, you know, of this, uh, cause for the Southern resident orcas. Mm-hmm. There are many other organizations doing a great job as well, but
0: they're just so visible. Yes. and
3: Because they're so visible. That's in my opinion, where the energy, if you put most of the energy behind that, mm-hmm. uh, Make the greatest impact and that's just something you know as an entrepreneur i just think that way right so it made a whole lot of sense for us to just jump on it right away with them
1: absolutely um so have you guys ever seen the southern residents or do you guys like mostly see transient whales um what has been like your experience with orcas
2: um i think i've had a pretty good mix of both since we've been here we've been here for seven years now Nice. Uh, I think i have probably probably a little bit more transients in the last few years than residents. Did mm-hmm. um, just get to see JPod. It was like three weeks ago, I think. Two nice.
3: Three weeks. A couple weeks. Ago. Um,
2: we actually got to see. We picked the spot, and we're just like, okay, we're going to camp out here because I mean, we got Orca, we got JPod coming from the north, and we have a transient group coming from the south, so we're just going to pick like the spot we hope is going to be the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. We got to see both.
1: That's awesome.
2: Like, I pass. Yeah. Um. I think the transients took a small detour around Lake Island um, to let the JPod go past, but we get to see them both, and it was awesome. We were out there for hours. Amazing.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> we switched locations <laughs> just to give them more things to do Yeah. Um, so we could watch JPod a little bit longer on their way south.
0: That's
3: awesome. It's really fun because like, you know, uh, the Orca Network they're posting about their location constantly mm-hmm. whenever they're in the whenever they're in the Peter Sound or Salish Sea, and it was really awesome just to sort of hear that this collision was about to happen between the two of them. But I'll admit, I, I took note when. Um. What, so initially, we saw we were watching the transients mm-hmm. for at least an hour and a half, and yes. there were reports were coming in. About JPod traveling uh, south towards Mashon Island, we were actually at Alcat Beach, and close to Alcat Beach, and the JPod was starting to come in. And I'll be honest with you, I kind of started to get way more excited mm-hmm. because, I mean, it's JPod, right? You know, this is this is what we spend all our time talking about because these are the ones that are so precious. To us, mm-hmm. because of the state of, of their um, struggle and their uh, striving to survive. And so it was kind of interesting to see. I don't know, I felt like even though we're socially distanced, you know, there was an energy about JPOD coming in that was just different than mm-hmm. the And um, there was even a woman there who's with another organization. Uh, that was educating people and as they were coming in and people were sort of like walking by saying are you seeing whales out there and she's like oh yeah these are uh, specific orcas and she was taking a time to really talk about uh, boat noise and how that affects their ability to hunt salmon and so random just passerbys were getting educated on orcas and just because of the people who are really engaged and excited, just standing there waiting and watching in anticipation, you know, you always hope to see a fantastic breach or Wait, something.
1: It's, <laughs> Amazing. And,
3: uh, it's just, it's just really, I don't know, inspiring kind of electrifying in a sense to it, the anticipation uh, knowing that they're about to come in front of your very pretty organized... sure there were a few
2: cheers when they came around the point.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's really
2: definitely special. a few people in the crowd like yay, like mm-hmm. cheering. Getting
0: yeah.
1: you know, really excited. Yeah, that definitely it's always exciting to see an orca. It's never not exciting. It doesn't matter how many times you've seen them. And I totally yeah. agree. I think there's like a certain energy that comes around seeing the Southern residents, and I don't know if it's the energy that they emulate, or if it's the fact that we know that they're so precious. Um, but they, it's definitely a whole different ball game scene, Southern residents. Um, and it's so exciting that we have two more whales now than we did you know, for forever, we were saying 72 whales and now we have 74 whales. And that's so exciting. Did you guys see the baby or either of the babies? Yeah. They have names now, right?
3: One of them is like Crescent. And
1: I I should, is it like Phoenix or rainbow or something like that? Yeah,
3: yeah, that's it. Nice. Yeah,
2: one of them was in the group. I don't know if we, we probably saw him. I don't know. They were a little bit further away than we were hoping, but.
3: Yeah, one of the babies. So one of the people that we interact with on Instagram, uh, his name is Steven Rink. He does photography. Uh, Actually got a great shot. Of Mama and Baby from Vashon Island. Yeah, uh, that's it was like really,
2: Robinson Lighthouse. Yeah.
3: yeah, it was really special to kind of just Aww. know that uh, they're, you know, they're making it. You know, they're, they're they're fighting the fight, and that's another thing. Again, for me, I think like like you were saying, why they're precious to me is because I just resonate with their struggle. I I, I, I don't know. Maybe. it's why i feel like i should have become an entrepreneur but i feel like a fighter and the fact that i love the community i love the fact that the fact that they're fighting for one another and uh to to just survive it's inspiring to me um even if i didn't come from the you know story of seeing msc world and wanting to be a marine biologist I'm inspired. I'm kind of, I would have been the guy sort of walking by and curious about what's going on and Mm -hmm. being educated. And a lot of what I'm able to even talk about right now has just been the past few years of my own education through this whole process. And so again, I just, uh, I I love being able to support them because Mm -hmm. in a very, very real way, uh, we can relate to them.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think you definitely have orca energy with the whole like community thing and like the fact that they're um like they're altruistic and they they share. There's no like fighting, there's no hierarchy sort of thing. I think you guys both have that and you've brought that into your company. So, you know, in another way that's how you've brought the orcas in too indirectly. But they're relatable to so many people. I don't think there's one person that can't relate to an orca on some level and even if it's not necessarily the pod, there's always individuals and like hearing those stories, like you know Luna's always a whale that I've really resonated with because you know I have a complicated family life, and Luna was separated from their family, and I'm adopted, and like you know, so I know what that's like um, and so it's just interesting to see that it's like we're not that different, like you know and I don't wanna you know anthropo- or sorry anthropogenize these animals and like you know give them human qualities, but At the same time, you know, we're really not that different in a lot of ways. And it's very clear these animals are emotional and they feel things, you know, I don't know if they feel them the same way that we do, but we do have a lot in common with them. And I think that's why people are so drawn. They want to help them, you know, Um, because they're they're better versions of us, honestly. Yeah, Yeah, for
3: sure. Yeah, I mean, if you spend any amount of time just watching, just pay attention to how they interact with one another it becomes pretty clear pretty quickly that they have very high cognitive capability Um, a few months ago I created a promotional video explaining the relationship between black and coffee and EW protectors and I kind of had to search around for a minute but I found that story that was run about um, Talaqua, to Le- to right, mm-hmm. and her baby calf that died, mm-hmm. right, and it was, as I watched it, I was just like, you know, well, from just a film editing standpoint, I'm like, wow, this is gold, but it was really heart-wrenching, you know, like, to watch a uh, uh, killer whale carry her baby calf around for something like 20 days or something, 18, long- yeah what's that it's eight
1: yeah 18 days
3: yeah 18 days that's really mind-blowing people don't know that animals have that kind of emotional range
0: Mm
3: -hmm. um but that's obviously emotional it can't how can it be anything other than
1: Yeah. There's no biological benefit to that. And, you know, I think it's the, the, again, the ego that plays back into it is that humans want to think they're better and that they're so different than other animals. And I've heard so many people say animals don't have emotions. And like, that's not true. You know, if you've ever owned a dog, you would see that animals have emotions, you know? Um, but I think you're totally right. Like they're capable of a lot more than people give them credit for. For sure. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I always ask people is what can we learn from the whales? That's
3: a, such a deep question. Um, and I spend a lot of time on Instagram sort of, I don't know, verbally processing mm-hmm. <laughs> what we can learn about the whales. Um, I think, I, I don't, I wish I could give you like a bullet pointed answer in order of importance. mm mm-hmm. But I think the most important thing the whales have to teach us is that they, um, number one, depend on one another. Um, they can't do it without each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and number two, they, they need, uh, to be respected, Mm -hmm. um, because a disruption that's out of their control you know whales don't have the privilege of doing anything on land they can't control what happens to the oceans everything on land affects the oceans what we do our emissions how things run off from from the soil into the 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 waters like everything we do affects them and they need to be respected not only that but they deserve it Mm -hmm. like they're they're the apex predators of any water that they're in not only that they're in every single water around the world yeah and so it i think that it could do us well to um just pay attention to just listen to the problem that they're facing um and then study you know, how those problems around the world are unique to them in their specific areas and why. Um, I think the the greatest thing that they have to teach us is how sick our planet really is. Um, And it kind of ends up in their lap. Um, They're the strongest creature around them. Um, We are the strongest creatures around us. And what we're doing is affecting them. And so I think it's just a matter of, um, listening, I think. And that's something that I've said very recently, but it's just a matter of listening to their, um, they're crying out, you know, and it's not like we can understand what they're saying and sort of anthropomorphizing what like you said, um, it's not like that. It's they are just in desperate need mm-hmm. and we relate to that. And because everybody's had that kind of uh, problem in their life and everybody has a story unique to them about it. But do we even listen to one another? Um, they listen to each other, you know, they work with one another and I think we just need to learn how to be humble like them.
1: 100% yeah I think if we got rid of ego we would get rid of a lot of things and you know you had talked about like you know in your ideal business model you want everyone to have equal income and I think when people aren't you know worried about status or their level of importance or you know if they're making enough to to live they can do a lot more work and can contribute to the group more and I think the orcas show us that. Um, Nicole what do you think we can learn from the orcas? Um, I don't know I
2: think one of the biggest things is like just learning how to respect um, like our place like I feel like they because we talk about the orcas then we have to talk about the salmon and then we talk about the salmon and then we talk about how that affects so many other things that I think people don't even know like the impact that that has mm-hmm. but like they don't take too much they take what they need mm-hmm. and like they don't overfish they you know they don't just kill for fun like they take what they need and they you know they work together for it like they help each other out like if one of them's sick and they have a pot around them to care for them and help them and like I think we could definitely do much better at emulating that as people like yeah
1: yeah I think so. We're definitely social creatures. Like, that's how we're biologically and psychologically wired. And I think, you know, our society has taught us that we need to be more independent than, you know, is really healthy for humans. So I think that you guys are right about that, and that's something that's really important. Is there anything else, any final thoughts or things you guys want to add? Um, you know, I
3: just... Again, for me, the hope is to, uh, sort of be amongst people, um, in a, in a way that is ever increasing, that, uh, cares about everything that we've just talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're we're, in a very real sense. One of the reasons why we reached out to you was because we want to be able to connect with the people that you're connecting with. And, uh, because... For us, I mean, there's just so much more value than business. You know, it's not like about a profit doesn't come before people or whales or whatever. And I just hope that the people who this resonates with um, are willing to become a part of this community. Um, And so for us, I, I just think that, you know, what we're really hoping for is sort of becomes overwhelming um and i say that on purpose is because you know that kind of community is if it becomes overwhelming in the sense of kindness mm-hmm. and, and excellence just as an example it doesn't have to be those three things but if it was just those three things mm-hmm. then we would make such a bigger impact together absolutely and it is sort of like bond of unity Um, I hope that this community continues to grow. Uh, And so for me, I just, I I love being able to sort of connect the world's problems to an important uh, purpose um, or or the world's needs rather, the world's consumption needs to an important purpose Mm -hmm. Uh, because I know that by nature, we're all going to do what's most immediately gratifying, mm-hmm. the easiest. We our brains are pre-programmed. We, as, especially as Americans, are marketed in this way, and so that's why I went uh, for coffee uh, because not only is it something that a lot of people really love, um, you know, it's it's a way for them to enjoy what they already consuming in a way that's good for everybody else mm-hmm. um, I would just say again to reiterate the fact that my hope is to grow not again because of dollars but because of impact like I'm mm-hmm. very inspired by certain companies that built their entire business model on uh, their marketing is simply helping the planet mm-hmm. now like for ocean for example, they just create these simple little bracelets but their marketing is cleaning the oceans
0: mm-hmm.
3: oh, and that's inspiring to so many people um i think that if we can just get excited about drinking coffee <laughs> in a very real sense you know we can help solve a lot of problems um and it really takes us sort of uh believing in it together and even holding each other accountable to it as a business owner, I hope to be able to hold other businesses accountable someday just by, you know, uh, just by leverage, you know, just by being big enough to be able to say, hey, we're doing it, why aren't you, right? And so, honestly, there's a deep-seated kind of, uh, you know, talking about our past just a little bit, I got a tiny chip on my shoulder, and I right. really want to be able to help the world in this way. And um, and I will be very happy if we accomplish something like that. And so again, for us, because I'm rambling at this point, <laughs> we just hope to connect with that kind of community,
1: um, and that that community continues to grow because our planet really needs it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's, I think what you guys are doing is great. And I, I understand the having your chip, a chip on your shoulder thing too, because I've got that sometimes. And I think that that's kind of bled through into the podcast a little bit when I talk about certain things. So I understand that. But like, you know, you can lead, leading by example is the best thing. And I think you guys are doing a great job at doing that and like putting your money where your mouth is and like, well, your actions where your mouth is and things like that. And it's really refreshing to hear business owners say that like, you know, Profit isn't the most important thing And if more people thought like that I think we'd live in a much better world And you know There are some really remarkable companies out there Like I think of like Lush and Patagonia Those are like two that like inspire me I'm like okay I'm comfortable spending money here Because you guys care about conservation And education and things like that And like you know, to, you guys can set an example for small businesses because people come up with excuses all the time of I can't do it for X, Y, and Z reason. And you guys can, you know, inspire them to do that. Um, but, you know, I am really excited to see how your coffee company grows. I'm excited to work with you guys um, and see, you know, what kind of changes we can all make for the Orcas because it's important that everybody does their part. I don't think there's you know, one look or one way to fit, you know, somebody that's gonna help orcas, everybody's doing it. And you guys are a really great example of how it really doesn't matter what your role is. You can literally turn anything into something to help orcas. So, you know, thank you for incorporating me into, you know, what you guys are doing. And thank you for incorporating PNW Protectors because I love them. I think they're awesome. And like, I can't think of a better organization for you to support. I mean, granted, all of the whale organizations are amazing. Um, but PNW Protectors definitely has a special place in my heart too.
3: Absolutely. And again, yeah, I just, uh, at the end of the day, I just hope that more entrepreneurs sort of kind of rise up. It doesn't have to always be about orcas or whatever, but if anybody does anything to care about our planet at all, it's one thing I love that you say to your audience, that one little thing that they, that, they, that one habit that they changed you know makes a big impact because if hundreds or even thousands of people start to do that same thing and they're inspired for that same reason then now we're making you know an impact times a hundred or times a thousand people and that's it just that ripple effect and that's what we hope for
1: Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Super excited to be back for the second season. Tune in next week. We're going to get a bit of a history of the Lower Snake River Dam, so that should be a really interesting episode. But definitely check out our Patreon page. Be sure to check out Blackfin's website, their Instagram page, all of that. We're super excited. Right, Peach? (laughs) What? (laughs) Peaches, what was that? Oh my god, you're so excited. Well, clearly Peach is excited. So thanks for joining us and you guys have a great rest of your week.